0: You are listening to OWC Radio, episode number 55, new IMAX, Lotation gate, and the
1: David Debate. Hello and welcome everyone again to another episode of OWC Radio. This is episode number 55. I'm your host, OWC Grant, and the usual suspects are gathered round the table. Sound off, please.
2: OWC Mike H. And OWC o. Chris.
1: Diving right in. Apple in the news. The new IMAX. Tell us your thoughts, your likes, dislikes, rants, raves,
2: praise. Rocket.
0: Well, they do look pretty darn cool. I mean... They look the same. Well... <laughs> Spec-wise. So you really
2: like the 2010 iMac as well? Spec-wise. Oh,
0: spec-wise, spec-wise. Um, I mean, we're dealing with now quad-core processors. Uh, they threw in Thunderbolt now. Uh, we can
2: well, they had quad-core before. Just now, it's the i5s and i7s throughout to dump the i3. Yeah.
0: Well, nonetheless, it's they're pretty damn powerful right now. So now we've got a. Uh, a, a possibly a, a Mac Pro replacement for maybe lo- not. I won't say lower end, but maybe for uh, not quite as processor intensive. Or, or uh, people
2: that don't want to pony up 4K for a Mac Pro.
1: Well, right. do you call this a refresh or is it is it a reposition?
2: Refresh. To um, me,
0: it's 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 definitely a bump. Uh, they don't
2: fix the main issue I had with iMac, and that you cannot—it's not easy to replace the hard drive. It should be just as easy, if not easier, than the laptops to replace a hard drive on an iMac.
0: Hmm.
2: And so, therefore, I usually don't recommend it to friends. But the screen's really awesome. The price points are actually pretty good for what they offer. So,
0: and if now that they included two Thunderbolt ports, which means you can add up to two more monitors on it.
2: Well, yeah. Right now, I'm or sure. daisy chain, I think or, up to six Thunderbolt some, externals when.
0: Something like that, yeah, once Thunderbolt externals are actually available. Um, but even so, just right out of the box, you can throw two monitors on there, extra monitors. So now we're dealing with a three-headed monster?
2: Yep, most people probably only use one, but then...
0: Well, really... why
1: is that such a big deal? Couldn't you take the NewerTech USB video adapter and add, uh, what is it, wasn't it up to... uh six. Four max? and up to six four four on, to six on six the six PC, on and PC. it was what, like... And those know...
0: are great, but... Um, you lose things like uh, OpenGL support. Ah, right. All right. the you know all the uh, video card based stuff. That uh, while the uh, newer tech item is good for adding you know just a second monitor to throw a palette on, this uh, actually helps for things like uh, video editing, hmm. uh, high higher end Photoshop stuff, uh, things like that.
1: Okay, so then are you saying that the iMac really isn't a average user machine at this point that it's really kind of caught in a limbo of well it's not exactly a Mac Pro but it's not exactly an entry level desktop anymore. Oh
0: it's still an, it's, it's both. still basically their entry level desktop but that entry level has now jumped up. It's very powerful. when when you think at entry level it's it's not a you know cheap piece of crap now it is a <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the <laughs> come get the new piece of crap.
2: <laughs> you have seen the Wintel boxes out there right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: you're actually you're getting... talking
2: about a four hundred dollar computer. You can get. Yeah, you're actually getting a on decent, average every six months to a year. You're getting something that's a long term computer. All right. You would hope.
0: Theoretically, anyway. So.
2: I'd still disagree, though. the The entry level desktop is
1: still
0: the Mac Mini, but. Uh, I'd, I'm not saying it's entry level. Okay. It is. I'd still say your iMac is still your entry level because it's got your built-in uh, monitor. It's got
2: well. Never mind the most you got the most appealing. I mean, people buying laptops left and right, but all, you know, people that do want a desktop, they like that cleanliness of the iMac. Where all you see is the screen for the most part.
0: Yeah, it's all in one.
2: And, and the still. iMacs do have great screens on them. So. All
1: right. Well. Um...
2: Cinema displays, if you will.
1: Not a not a shameless plug, but OWC is known for often being the first on the market with third-party upgrades that are offer up to up to double the factory allowable RAM. Um, we're still working on our eight gigabyte modules, so we're still working on testing the 32 gig. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, we'll even do 64, but I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, we do have 16 gig available right now, and when we uh, did the news release? It was 65 percent more affordable than the same priced uh, upgrade from, uh, or the same size upgrade from the factory. I think the 16 gig from Apple is $600, and ours is like 207 or something. And yeah,
0: well, that's not only great for the iMac; that actually applies to every single memory right. upgrade we offer. If you're buying your any extra memory from Apple, you're a fool.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, I I don't know. Some people must just, you know, they, they don't know that there's an option available, and we, we certainly mm-hmm. send the information out there to try and tell people. It's like, well, you know, and right. even like we even proved the point on the 8 gig, I think it's like $104, so really, I mean, why stop at 104 Get 50, well, 100% more RAM for 100 bucks more. I mean, it's yep. it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, and well,
0: plus, plus then you can send in your memory back in or the Apple memory back in and get the rebate on that. Right. I mean, right.
2: Speaking of people not knowing, I mean, if you guys out there know people that, you know, speak from the rooftops or shot from the rooftops that uh, you know where to save tons of money on RAM. Yeah, you need part. more and, RAM? And, Here, go And go it's, it's not just guys. about race to the bottom for price. I mean, there's a quality there, too. We're, we're not the bare-bottom cheapest in the world, but we back it by... A, Lifetime replacement warranty and everything like that. that we even
0: show you how to install it. If you yeah. if you if you're I mean installing memory in any Mac is actually pretty darn easy. Right. But we actually go through step by step in those instructional videos. So
2: yeah. And for power users, you might be like, well, why do we do that? It's just because normal you know, normal non-power user people are a little bit afraid to do anything with their computer to take even a single screw out. So we try to alleviate that discontent that comes with anything computer repair that the uh Monopoly is thrust upon people. If you touch it and you broke it, you're just you're screwed if it broke.
0: Yeah. Right, and uh, actually, and actually, those videos I've actually showed them to people who have a Mac and they don't uh, really know how to upgrade it. I've actually shown them and "Oh, I can do that." Yeah. Yeah. once you and see someone gets a light bulb. Yeah, and yeah. that's the exact uh, reaction you, you want because yeah. these things really aren't that difficult, mostly. Yeah, there's a couple of them that are a pain to get into. Like, replacing a hard drive in a Mac Mini, yeah, a pain. But (laughs) replacing memory in any Mac, replacing a a hard drive in most Macs, Mm -hmm. uh, iMac notwithstanding, or the Mac Mini, really. um,
2: So we got laptops and Mac Pro, which are easy as all get-out to replace the hard drive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So half their lineup is something's a little weird with it. Yeah.
1: Well, I wanted to make one more point about memory because I know we were getting all excited about it and it was sounding like an infomercial almost. But, you know, we let you draw the conclusion, too. And, um, you know, the people that are gathered here at the, the podcast are pretty instrumental in new product rollouts here, especially when Apple releases a new model. And, uh, you know, you can go to our benchmark page for the memory and see actually what more memory does. So you don't have to take our word for it. You, you know, it's... uh, We know that we have that adage, and maybe you've heard it once, maybe you've heard it a thousand times, but more memory equals a faster Mac, and our benchmark page certainly proves that.
2: I want more from the next new iMac that's coming out. (laughs) Oh, what do you want more? (laughs) I want those hard drives easily replaced. Ah, There should be a bay of some sort in there, make it easy to get into, and pull them out.
0: Actually, now that I think about it, um, I don't think replacing the hard drive in an iMac has ever really been an easy process.
2: No, no. Ever.
0: Yeah, I think that's just part of the whole iMac line it's all all in one it's almost quote unquote disposable which is just kind of a terrible way to think of it
2: it just means that if the hard drive does break you usually have to go to apple yeah you or, have to go to apple uh, like with the 2010 iMacs we have a turnkey program that you know we can add some ssds to and replace out drives or whatever i mean um that non-ease of replacing for the hard drive i mean i have a, I have a friend who's actually re- asking me for me to recommend a mac i'm like hold off new iMacs come out we'll see what they do and my recommendation still the laptop. Hmm. It's easier to service. Your hard drive goes bunk. You just go pick one up real quick. Buy one from us, whatever.
1: Man, I used to be such a desktop guy. Yeah, me and, too. And you know, um, and it, it sounds funny, but I've been just more around the house with both work and play. And I find having that not being, te- <clears throat> pardon me, not uh, being tethered. Uh, I don't know if I could ever go back to a desktop now. Right i mean it's just it's nice to be able to go out on the front porch uh, anywhere, and I know that sounds like well, grant wireless has been around for a while, but I guess I just was so entrenched and I mean you know mm. uh, for our regular listeners, yeah, i'm a little older, so I guess I'm set in my ways as far as how I use things and how I approach them, but um, I just I, I can't fathom and and for me, it would be the price the entry price too I mean, if I was to do a desktop again, it'd be a Mac mini because I just I, I just can't see the price premium of the
2: iMac for my needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what everybody has to balance out. I mean the iMac has a definite svelte to it. I my two thousand eight iMac I think is one of the best machines I ever worked on. I mean I worked on Mac Pros and all that too. It's just I'm I'm amazed by it its price point at what it offers for people. It's just a reliable little tank.
0: and also really what you got to take a look at is also your display needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing graphics and things like that before you uh or for your computer, yeah, you're gonna want a larger monitor wherein wherein your iMac will probably be a better fit then, say, a laptop and then hooking that up to another display, Mm. and that becomes problematic. Now, if you're just sitting around doing emails and writing stuff, oh, hell yeah. Go with a a laptop. You'll do all sorts of crazy things with it in all sorts of crazy places.
2: I don't know. I've produced websites even on the original clamshell iBook you can, yeah. you can do it. You can do Apple, it, but Apple's it's not exactly
0: are... what we call a fun experience. Oh, we just get spoiled. Well,
2: at that point in time, it, everything was my desktop was freaking ten by seven, so the iBook being an eight hundred by six hundred wasn't a huge issue at the time. And then as I stepped up through PowerBooks and all that, right. you know, I still could produce on them and all that. So, and I like the convenience of the laptop now for portability and execution. And when I want to work it as a desktop, I can
3: do it. been listening for a while and like what you hear let us know by taking a moment to rate or leave a comment on the OWC radio channel on iTunes
1: I'm uh, I'm chomping at the bit better than animal kingdom and the run for the roses uh, I've got a mini spoiler alert so um, we we're talking about the new IMAX and we are going to have a blog post on this likely by the time this podcast comes out This information is still being worked on, but it has become apparent to us that the hard drive in the new iMacs has some proprietary firmware on it. And if that hard drive is not present and or operational, the iMac will fail the Apple hardware test. What does that mean to you that aren't so deep into the systems like we are? Well, that means that you can't upgrade your hard drive on the new iMac. Without getting an Apple hard drive. Without getting an Apple hard drive at that price premium. And so it really takes away the ability to really customize, configure Mm -hmm. your system to your needs. I mean, it really is kind of handcuffing you. To have to go to the Apple Store or an Apple service provider and say my drive just died, I'm dead in the water. So that that doesn't even and mean
2: because usually that means also carrying your iMac to the Apple Store. Yeah,
1: but I mean you're you're talking downtime for a working professional now. It's not a matter of well, I could just have an external or another drive with you know the OS and boot from that. And eh. if this drive isn't operational, you're toast. At least that's our early indication. So I'm giving you the spoiler alert now. Look for the full write-up on this on the OWC blog at blog.maxsales.com.
0: Um, just to expand on that a little bit, actually the whole custom firmware thing goes back actually all the way to at least uh, 2009 because that uh, we, we've had a long-running uh, blog post commentary going on that where uh, the actual firmware on those drives uh, affected the fan. If you didn't have a drive that had that special quote-unquote apple firmware on it uh you'd plug in even if you had the same model drive uh, or same brand drive and you plug it in actually you could even take the same model drive same size same you know specifications plug it in it would uh, cause the fans to slowly ramp up to full speed uh, because it didn't have that special apple firmware
1: You know, the the cool thing about um, you folks listening to us is that, you know, we try try to pride ourselves on breaking news stories like this. So, you know, you heard it here first. We've not been made aware of this by any other source in the Mac community. And actually, to add insult to injury, that drive, that hard drive that we're talking about, is on one of the two 6-gigabit-per-second ports. So you basically have taken one of the 6G data buses, and basically handcuffed it. So um, I don't know if you guys want to discuss this anymore. Wait till the blog post comes out. But uh, you heard it here first on the OWC podcast. That at least to OWC grants take. Wow. Um, I don't know what this means to um, the community as well as to to Apple. There there's some serious business perhaps uh, well, issues po- well, here.
2: Possibly. I mean, Apple does view the iMac as. Not your Mac Pro type deal where it's not you're not supposed to go into
0: it. Yeah, it's not really designed so to be for, user upgradable for the normal user and even
2: some pro users out there. I mean, there's pro users out there who just would rather spend the 200 bucks to have Apple replace the drive out or whatever, or send it to us if when you know when we issue a turnkey up update, upgrade upgrade solution for the 2011s. But to have someone just here make it work, you know what you're doing. I don't. I'm not comfortable with unscrewing a display or something that requires me to get into the iMac.
1: But, again, my point is it's a it's a guaranteed downtime. And what do I mean by that? When that drives, not if, when that drive fails, you will not be able to work on that machine until you take it
2: and get it replaced. Have we
0: confirmed the fact that um, if it's plugged in, both with power and with uh, data, you are still getting... Uh, you still require that firmware in order to? The
1: beauty of that is, is like I thought the same thing. you got to serve the firmware up, right? So it's got to spin. It, Exa- it's not flash-based.
0: Well, it, it doesn't necessarily have to spin. The firmware is actually uh, encoded, if I recall correctly, on uh, actually on a flash sort of thing on the actual drive itself. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the actual spinner mm-hmm. part.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be interesting to try and check because we'd
0: they have to fail to spin a drive, full, basically. They'll, they'll spin
2: full-time when you request it to. If you're working on it, it's going to spin.
0: Yeah. Nonetheless, um, I think the lesson here to, that we should learn, especially if you're using an iMac, is make sure your ass is backed up. And We, we have plenty of instructionals both on our blog and in our uh, tech center on our website. Uh, make sure you uh, check them out. Uh, pick out a uh, backup s- sequence that's good for you, whether it's just time machine, whether it's making a bootable clone. Uh, you got to back up.
2: Yeah, yeah. you always want your data backed up. Any pro usually would, um, but for a lot of people, they still... Time machine's new to a lot of people still. There's nothing like it on Windows, really. So, And it's been out... We take it for granted because it's been out since, I believe, 06. It's been out a while on the Mac It came
0: community. out in 10.4, I believe.
2: We take it for granted it's been out for so long. But for everybody new coming on board and what's it? What are they selling? 5 million new Macs million in a year? Yep. And so there's a lot of new people on board that just don't know it. And it's like, oh, what's this? And ah, I forget it. It's like, no. That's awesome for automatically backing up your stuff without even having to think about it. For people that are pros, they might want more active stuff, like a used carbon copy cloner. So that way I it's a little use faster. Both. I actually use, use both. I, I actually,
0: on yeah. uh, my machine here, I actually have a uh, carbon copy cloner, which runs twice a day. yeah, And uh time machine, which, you know, obviously runs continuously.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, if... if yeah. Time machine is great because it does a full restore. Carbon Copy Cloning will do a full restore as well. I mm-hmm. mean, the the key is you don't want to have if you suffer a complete data loss with no form of backup. With how much photos and even uh, work projects you're on, uh, you're never going to recover. Or even from that.
0: just your precious family photos. Yeah,
2: or videos, whatever. It's just, yeah. But um, for pro people going back to the iMac, though, a lot of people, even if pros elect to use a, an iMac, they'll have multiple iMacs or an alternate machine they can go off to. For that da- downtime, usually, but if for a family, it does suck with the downtime, but they can usually handle it or absorb a day lost or a two day loss to go get their iMac repaired or you know send it into us for whatever. Right, well, time will tell. So uh, that's tell. that's like a little a little spoiler that we may in the future have a 2011 iMac turnkey, most likely. Yeah, it's sure. all being researched, of course. Yep. The machines are really new, so we want to make sure we get it right when we launch it. So. We're not going to rush to market on it, but we will get there as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point. So, out of the out of adversity comes uh, a solution, mm-hmm. and that would be OWC, I guess, to the rescue again. And that, uh, yep. if this does happen, we're gonna we're gonna look into ways to uh, keep you up and running without a problem.
0: New product
1: alert: OWC. The new grip stand for the original ipad it's really an incredibly cool product and yet it's it 's simplistic in its design it's a case it's a carrying case it's a cover and it has this really cool like prop it's it's a round ring that has an anti skid uh, surface to it uh, you can hold, slip your hand into that so it really allows you to move about and and hold it very securely and firmly with one hand while typing it so Teachers, um, uh, admin assistants, students taking
2: notes—even uh, uh, educate like uh, elementary school students. This thing yeah. has like a lot of rubberized protection inside.
1: I mean, we showed it off to uh, a couple of schools, and the teachers' responses were just off the hook. And it's there's the really need to have this type. Yeah, yeah. Type in fact, um, we're actually creating then a uh, future storage product for it, so that they can just slide it in with the grip stand on it. So. Um, it's a really cool product. Um, it, and the other thing too is, besides being mobile and desktop use, there's a companion product to it called the New Grip Base, which allows you to really firmly put it on a desktop and then orient it in vertical or horizontal, mo- or I should say, vertical horizontal or portrait modes.
2: Yeah. Um, or flat. You can lay it flat, kind of use it, look at it like a tabletop type deal.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, so, it you know, and when we call it new grip, it really, when you put it on a desktop, it doesn't slide. It simply stays put, and yet you'd look at it and say, well, there's not a lot of bulk there. You know, how does it, how does it do it? Well, again, it's the surface materials of this product. Um, as far as pricing goes, um, you know, there's a couple of different tiers, and that's the cool thing about it. If you just want the new grip stand, it's $29.99. The base that we just mentioned is $19.99, or if you're looking for a value deal, we do a bundle with both the grip stand and the grip stand base for $39.99. Uh, it should be up on our site uh, by the end of this week, and we should be announcing it formally uh, in the next couple days after that. So if you've got an original iPad, check it out. It's called the New Grip Stand and New Grip Base. Yeah, and
2: what's cool about the uh, just the stand component alone, this the back snaps off to allow it to attach to the base. So when you do that it also becomes just like a normal snapback enclosure. Mm-hmm. Or a snapback case, if you will. So if you don't if you want to use it and you want to have it kind of more sleek without the knob in the back, you can take it off, do it that way. So it's kind of like three cases and mm, one if you get okay. all of them together.
1: Yeah, I didn't even look at it that way. I mean there's there's a lot of functionality to this when we started playing with this we said, you know what, you can flip the iPad reverse so the glass faces inside or in towards the case and there's like a rubberized uh, uh, padding on the inside, and someone said, well, "Why would I want to do that?" Well, when you're carrying it, now you've basically just protected the most sensitive part of your iPad from any kind of inverted scrapes or scratches. So, check it out. So, what? Uh, there's a bunch of software and firmware updates too that have been uh, announced by Apple, and or I, maybe not announced, but uh, released, given forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um
0: actually uh, what you guys alluded to earlier was the that whole 6G uh po- one of the 6G ports on the uh on the I iMac. Mac. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, 6G doesn't quite always resonate with me cuz uh, I'm thinking yes. like 6th generation, you no, know, the SATA 3 ports, 6 gigabit per second. The day after or like 2 days after uh Apple released these machines, they actually released this firmware update which actually does uh enable uh 6 gigabits per second on each channel uh or on those two channels which is kind of cool uh yeah,
2: the other reason they were able to do that is cuz they got the inside track on an Intel chip that had that in there
0: right uh there was also an update I mean, for uh thunderbolt uh or that support that was that was the official reasoning why they released the software update was uh thunderbolt stability and stuff like that which is i find it amusing because how many actual thunderbolt devices are out there
1: um, last check, there's not even one external drive or cable,
0: supposedly. Well, if, you're,
2: if, you're using your, uh, if you want to use your new iMac as a monitor for your laptop, you could use it with Thunderbolt You can
0: there. go one way but not the other way. I forgot yeah. exactly how that went.
2: So if That's you have hilarious. a brand-new MacBook Pro, you can hook it up to your brand-new iMac and just have some fun with Thunderbolt.
0: Okay, and then the last uh, really big one, which was something we touched on, I think, uh, last episode, which was the 1067 uh, font problem. Uh, where open type fonts, uh, under 10.6.7 weren't exactly either printing or displaying correctly. We had a heck of a time over in video doing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, stuff in motion. Gee, did
2: you catch all the missing fonts? What missing? Oh. Yeah, and, if, and if you want to ever, you know, it's
1: like, well, fonts, you know, there's so many. All I can say is if you know what Jack Nicholson looks like in The Shining and you take someone like Chris here who's into fonts and you mess with his fonts, just just pretty much draw the conclusions there. And he kind of comes to my office looking crazy jack on me, and I'm like,
2: okay. All fonts and no play make Chris a dull boy. <laughs> Anywho,
0: um, anywho, forget that. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Uh, they actually uh, released a font pa- or a patch to 1067, which was what, like 4K. Yeah, it was the
2: smallest software update I've ever seen. 4K.
0: Yeah, it still took two and a half hours to download here. And if I were Steve jobs, so. I would have been pissed
2: off at my software development crew for that because that was a how long did that that problem. Persist. Four weeks, a month, something like that? Just
0: right around a month.
2: Yeah, that was way too long to have your graphic designers or anybody mm -hmm. impacted by it. And
0: I was over in the uh, uh, Apple forums Mm -hmm. talking, uh, asking about, hey, who else is having this problem? Let's see what we can do to find a fix because there's a Mm -hmm. nice support community there. Oh, yeah. And I guess some really clever guy, and you know what, the name is uh, escaping me now, uh, actually, came up with a patch maybe like a week and week and a half before. He says, "Oh yeah, all you have to do is take this file from ten six six and bring it over to ten six seven, and it mm-hmm. fixes the problem." And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what that yeah, they go, oh, that thanks. Apple patch Boop. did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks to the research, we couldn't find it, although. In Apple's defense on that, they work with a light crew. People assume that they have like hundreds, two hundred programmers working on an OS ten. It's something small, like twenty to fifty or maybe even smaller than that. Hmm. It's rumored now like the Safari port over to go to to bring Safari over to iPad only had two programmers on it.
0: That was it. Wow.
2: So I mean they do work light, so it's just a matter of, hey, you can't mess up something big like fonts.
0: Yeah, especially open type. Yeah. I mean that's
2: with, well anything. I mean, you pride yourself as a Graphics community computer type deal, and I know it's mm-hmm. not the the only market that they're in now because they're so huge, but it's just it bread with and it. butter yeah. for years. Yeah, you can't be making stuff in Final Cut Pro and Motion and having just fonts disappear on you or producing catalogs or whatever. Like, hey, where'd my stuff go? Oops, Apple update.
3: Get up to the minute information on the happenings and goings on at OWC by following us on either of our Twitter feeds at MaxSales or at OWC Radio. Or become a fan on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash OWC MaxSales. Next up, Location
1: Gate. Well, for those of you that haven't been following the headlines, This effectively had a small file being stored on your iPhone and was backed up to your computer that listed all your GPS data for the last year. GPS,
2: Wi-Fi data.
1: Good point. (laughs) Two scientists discovered this file and actually were able to write an app that decoded this data and plotted it on a map. Let's just not even go into Big Brother there. Apple claimed it's harmless, a bug, and used for location-based services. Spin iOS 4.3.3 version patches this. The file is no longer backed up. It's smaller and is deleted whenever location services is turned off. Give me your f- thoughts on this, guys.
0: Okay. First of all, well, I was lucky in that. I really don't didn't have to deal with that with both or with my uh iPod Touch because, well, it doesn't have GPS services and it
2: does have Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, but I don't really go to many places that had wifi and I don't keep location services turned on. That would be you when
1: go. you're scanning the books, but that was many episodes ago. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh no, that I was scanning the books so I can read it on my iPod ah. at the time. Um, but, uh, just the fact that they're collecting data and not telling us about it. And it's, it's not even that because yes, as I'm sure, uh, Michael will say, uh, people, uh, other oh, phone pre-loved. companies do that as well. Uh, uh, track your location for location-based services and data acquisition and whatnot, and it's anonymous, the fact that it was storing it not only on your phone but on your home computer, that was a problem. Anybody, and with this application that you mentioned, um, anybody who could grab your phone for even just a couple seconds, could plug it into their computer, get your uh, uh location data, and get an idea of where you hang out, where you go. I mean, that's...
1: On a regular basis. On a regular basis. That could be problematic. Not good for public officials with families that could be a possible target.
0: Or just the fact that, you know, oh, wait, he walks down this street. Let's go mug his ass.
2: (laughs) All right, well. I'll give you my take. I can give you all your own little tin hats back because you're wearing them. But
1: crinkle, um, crinkle.
2: Yeah, crinkle, crinkle. It just doesn't freaking matter. I mean, cell phone companies have always collected this data. Yeah, I know it wasn't encrypted on your, on your local thing. If you know what to do with it, yeah, big whoop. And in
0: order to access it, you would have had to have get uh, gotten a uh, right, I get that. a search warrant. So, yeah, it should, Apple
2: like did that. their thing. It should have been encrypted or not on the local computer. That's fine, but it just doesn't matter. I mean, it's checking out Wi-Fi and cell towers from hundreds of feet, if not hundreds of yards, if not a mile away. Okay, so you can track you know try tracking with that. You can't. Oh, I'm in this town. Good for you. And if it's tracking your public officials, who cares? If they're not cheating on their wives, it's okay. <laughs> Just, so, I mean, when, when they plot their little map and go, this is conspiracy theorist. Yeah, use it. Go ahead. See what happens. You're carrying around a cell phone in your hand. When um when the national ID card was propped up in, like, 03 right after September 11 and 02 or something like that, the, there was a whole joke going around that, Okay, this ID card will allow to tell you where you're at at all times. gives you a unique identifier number. It's assigned to you. You'll always be required to carry it, and that's a bad thing. By the way, check the cell phone in your pocket. So we're here almost seven, eight years later. Same conversation. Doesn't
1: matter. See, I guess I come at it from a marketing standpoint that, I'm looking at it that Apple can figure out where you actually use their devices and then the next step for them, and we won't get into mobile me, uh, is obviously, I mean, they've got content. Now they need to provide the network, too. I mean, what's... like that's not used anyway when you're on a website.
2: Yeah. Browse Amazon and be on an email service with them and all of a sudden you get an email from them saying, hey, you check this out. That's a little creepy, but, I mean, it's part, of part and parcel of being on the web 24-7. There's things that go with it. If you don't want to... Don't carry it with you. It, it's your choice to. You, you said yes to the agreement to use your iPhone. So it's kind of like people get mad about it. It's like, All well.
1: right, but, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking, because I just had this conversation with someone recently, not everyone's walking around with a JD degree, and when you're given four pages of legal text, I mean, you're going to have to really pour through that to find a one sentence that say. Your location data may or may not be tracked, stored, and/or used for future marketing purposes. I mean,
0: and while location data can collection of it just you know to get things like Wi-Fi usage, whatnot, like that, that's one thing. It's the actual storage of the data, which, granted, has now been resolved.
2: It's been minimized. It's theoretically
0: stored there. it's not stored so now, on
2: your computer No, it's not stored anymore. on your computer anymore. But, I mean, it's, it's still on your... The, if, if you had an issue with it before, you should still have an issue with it because it's still on your iPhone. It's still sandboxed off from the other apps you use for the most part. And then who cares if they can use it? I'm here. It allows you to use Maps. It allows you to do all the other things. If you don't want to use it, don't use it. It's kind of like people just complaining about stuff that's always there. I don't like how the roads are. So don't use them. <laughs> You know, or hire, or get someone in the office who can fix it. But there's not, there's, there's. It's like when I was standing in line for the iPhone 4. There were people in line that said, "I have to get this one." And the Apple Store people had to be really clear. It's like you don't have to get a new iPhone. You don't, you, you don't have to buy it. We're not forcing you to buy it. There's plenty of people in line. You don't need to buy it because they would have this perspective that I, I'm here because you made me be here, and I have to buy this product. No, you wow. don't. Yeah, no, you don't. And what was nice, I thought was refreshing actually, was Apple's employees telling them, "You don't have to buy this. We're not forcing you," and to actually have to explain that to people. So, and then people get just all. And I, was pr- I it. you know,
1: I got to go online and stand there and look at people and say what? Because see, there, yeah. there's the psychology of marketing is to say what. Is making you feel like you have to stand there and must buy this right now because either yeah. Apple is is just the masters of subliminal and I don't know it's either showing up in our cereal or our pop or well, something. Other master marketers, we but know I mean, that or but marketeers. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, how are how are people standing there saying, "I must buy, I must buy"? Well, it's not very drone-like.
2: It. It's just more, you know, I have to get it, and they feel they have to. It's like whoa. They they and they tried their best to qualm that, but the people still stayed in line. I got out of line because it was too darn long of a line. After and and a while. people,
1: and, but the employees were actually saying, "You don't need right, to actually no, sir. Buy this.
2: You don't have to buy this. We're not forcing you to buy this. They want to make it very clear. This isn't a forced purchase." New
1: product OWC. The newer tech, new pad base, and that's for the 2010 Mac Mini. And what it does is it fits on the bottom of it, so that you know if a lot of people have been saying, "Man, no matter when you use a mini, it just you put in a DVD, it pushes itself around." I mean, it just—it's
2: a really slippery bottom
1: yeah, for that. Yeah, and, and I mean that—I mean, as as good as Apple is with their design, this one they get kind they of missed a it. yeah, they, they missed, missed it, it. man, because this thing is sliding all over better than uh, a Don Rickles hockey puck. Back,
2: it, Pushes forward, so you're constantly shifting it around.
1: Right, so it's 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 simply an anti-skid uh, base that goes onto or padding that goes yeah, onto the bottom pad, of yeah. your uh, Mac Mini, and uh, it just goes on with adhesive, uh, real easy. It's real low cost. In fact, we're doing an introductory special at four ninety nine. Normally, it's seven ninety nine, and even if you decide to get one of the newer tech new shelf mounts, which allows you to put a mini up underneath, like a cabinet uh, shelf, whatever this uh, new pad base will still let you utilize the new shelf mount. So it's a really, I guess, unique uh, solution to a problem that many owners are having without really anything that's off the shelf or suggested by Apple to fix it. So We fixed it. Yeah. Speaking of perhaps limitations, AT&T has made broadband data caps official, and now... If you're a subscriber, you only have 150 gig of uploads and downloads per month. UV subscribers though get 250 and if you go over, it's 10 bucks per 50 gig and this is supposedly to rein in heavy users, those that are streaming Netflix, Hulu, and I'm not going to mention those other sites. Um, so everyone's looking at throttling usage. I mean I guess well
2: look at the key point. they made it official. There's always been data caps for broadband. I don't care if you're on cable or whatever. If you if you exceed the cable, the limit on cable modem on cable uh, service for broadband, they just send you a nice little letter saying, "Hey, you're you're too much of a user. Here's the business ones you can you can use. Otherwise, we're going to disconnect your." You've service. had this though, right? Because I remember I haven't had this issue, but I, see, I know I about this past issue.
1: Past podcast, you you said you actually got like a notification, or you were bumping up against it, or no, I wasn't
2: bumping. I know. Uh, yeah, I know okay. about it. Okay. Being from the telecommunications world, I know that what these guys want to do—they want to charge you for your K—and this is also one of the reasons where people go, "Oh, physical media is going to be dead. Everybody's going to stream their TV." Nope. We're going to hit your limit. Watch, watch all your TV on UVerse, and you know, see if you hit 250 gig in a month. I know I could, but I'm a TV junkie. When do you do any work? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't work at all.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying not – they, they want you to subscribe to their u service so you don't have to use Hulu or Well, even once Netflix. you keep on adding
2: all the different channels and HD and DVRs, it's recording while you're away. I mean, if you're really good with your DVR, I mean, you can record all day while you're at work. And <laughs> you really pile on the TV and you're going to hit your – you're gonna definitely hit your your bandwidth where, where limitations. Where do these people work that that have the
1: ability to consume all this media? Because I consume a lot if you have a real job like at OWC and you have a family, when the hell do you have all this time to watch all these shows? And I have and, tons of time to watch TV. Well, oh, then well, you skip over the commercials. I guess you must have that James Bond dream mask
2: where you get an yeah, hour
1: per sleep. <laughs> I do. Well, it's no, crazy. you skip over
0: the commercials. That cuts out half the show time. But
2: when you and skip then... over the commercials when you dvr you've already downloaded it. Yeah. you download those commercials. Those count against your gig.
0: Yeah, but so. what I'm saying is, he wants to know how how we okay. can spend that time. And I'm we'll...
1: also wondering if people just like like me, they fall asleep to the content. So this is yeah. basically like paid for noise maker. Yeah, you know, exactly. Go out. I'm telling you right now. Then th- this doesn't. You don't even listen to this segment. You can go out and buy a noise but generator at least they got the and price sleep on your right. couch and save a heck of a lot of money.
2: At least they got the price point right. Ten bucks for fifty gig. That's kind of what I would like on the iPhone. <laughs> <It's> like, <okay. laughs> you know, don't, don't charge me 20 bucks for 2 gig on the iPhone. Give me a break. Do it like 10 gig for 20 bucks.
0: It's what really gets array. me is both the iPhone and the iPad are designed as media streaming devices. Exactly. So, oh, hey, let's charge you uh, up a certain orifice so you can actually use it the way it's intended.
2: Um, I mean, 150 gig is a lot. I mean, you really have to download a lot to do it. But if you are streaming TV, that's where you're going to hit bandwidth limitations. Uh, yeah, got you have it. to Say download to you, you a lot to, of illegal content. If you have
0: to uh, re- restore your Mac from, uh, you know, do a reinstall and reinstall the software the updates. updates. <laughs> you get 50 yeah. gig right there. Well, uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I know a 10.6.7 update is uh, right around a gig. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. That's not including, uh, you know, all the Safari, iTunes, all right,
2: that. So that's one hundred fiftieth of your uh, original allotment. Yeah. Then, uh, and that was in one hour.
1: So you are screwed. This
0: is a historic moment on the OWC
1: podcast. Chris and Mike are actually agreeing on something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's just. Well, he
2: has an iPad.
0: <laughs> it's just asinine. Uh, the these uh, the bandwidth limits. Why?
2: Yeah. And, well, oh, I know why. They always want to charge you for it. Yeah. They want to make their money, and they but also that infrastructure to support it. People will just constantly barrage the network and. You you will have your extreme users making it more expensive for your normal users, and your by your extreme users like the top 0.03 percent screwing everybody else over for higher rates.
0: Well, the fact that and they then have... also
2: the telecommunications companies they still want to screw you over too, yeah, well, and they, they want to their money. They're get this companies. going. Well, what do people usually use in a month? Well, the average one's 175. Cool, let's set it to 150 for 25 gig. We'll charge them 10 bucks per 50. They think they're getting a deal, and we're, they're paying 10 bucks for 25 gig. They're just playing the numbers game, too. It's both sides. They want money in and out, too.
0: That, and they're making I think gobs
2: of money off of wireless.
0: Yeah, I think we've uh, discussed this a little bit in uh, previous episodes, just the fact that, on average, our broadband connection speeds are slower than just about you know half the countries in the world.
2: Well, the developed countries. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's what... Yeah, developed countries. Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, you do have Japan with uh, commonly having 100 megabits per second. So that, that, that goes back to the whole thing, too. It's like, who cares if you're offering them faster service? That makes it faster for me to consume it, and then you're just going to charge me more. Mm-hmm. You're, if, if you're not going to up your data caps, then your faster service is now negated, and who cares?
3: We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at MacSales.com, and we'd be happy to share your comments and contributions on an upcoming episode. One
1: of the uh, news sources, again, that I think we broke first were some of the issues, or at least some of the folks that uh, you might have heard of, like Mac Performance Guide and Barefeet's. Uh, we're working on the 17-inch 2011 MacBook Pro SATA issues with 6G SSDs, and if you're not caught up to speed on that, there's some real inconsistent issues, whether or not the drive is addressed or reported or even the performance reported, and there is not one commonality on this. It's varying all over the place. It doesn't matter what brand SSD you put in it. We've taken cables, as other people have taken cables, uh, the data connection cable, out of a perfectly working machine and put it into one that was experiencing problems and it had no effect. What we did find though is is that we came up with a shielding kit that at least for our SSDs did seem to have a positive effect in many of the scenarios or, or situations yeah, all, that but we many, were finding.
2: Many scenarios for people with it's mainly MacBook Pro 17 inch.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean that's that's yeah, the that highest. Was, well, that reporting. was the only model that was really experiencing this. Problem.
2: Yeah, I mean on the rumors, people have been saying like 15s here and there, but mainly just the 17s, and the and the issues are up and down. It sounds like Apple got caught with their quality pants down. Because even they're replacing or offering free replacements and asking for the computers back from people and, oh, you have this issue and it's repeatable, give us your computer. We'll give you another one. We'll pay for everything. Yeah, and
1: that's a quiet thing, too. We, yeah. We've we've read about it on Mac Rumors, uh, Mac Performance Guide. Uh, Digloid there uh, actually got a replacement machine and... Uh, Actually asked for his machine and our SSD, so yeah. and and would let them know want, when he was going
2: to get it back. Yeah, they wanted the entire test environment. This is broken. We're going to figure it out. I like that they're actually trying to figure it out. They're not going to shop from the rooftops. Don't buy our product.
0: No, they just wanted our SSD.
2: Yeah, that's it.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, actually funny that you say that because we did get some customer communication. They had taken. Uh, uh, their MacBook or MacBook Pro into a uh, Apple Store, and the Apple employees there were just blown away by the performance they were seeing. By then, they're like, "What is in this thing?" and "and Who's you know Who made it?" So, well, um, when you when you can amaze even the geniuses, that's uh, a good day in my book.
0: Actually, I a lot of them actually are big fans of our products and have sent their the Apple customers yeah. to us. Yeah, we to do get, get things a lot like, like
1: memory. Yeah, we get a lot of recommendations, things like from the that, stores, so. and
0: actually. From what I've heard, I have yet to actually have confirmation of this, but from what I've heard... Actually, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, a lot of our storage products are big over at the main mothership.
2: The Apple Campus?
0: At, actually, Apple Campus. New product alert OWC. We
1: mentioned it last month, but it's officially out now. It's our OWC Mercury Extreme Pro 6G SSD. you're wondering what 6G means, that's the SATA 3.0 Revision, which is 6 gigabits per second speed. Um, You know, it's gotten a lot of great reviews. uh, TweakTown, the SSD review, storage review, Anantech. uh, Just about everybody that uh, is a a hardcore benchmarker has gotten these uh, units and has just raved about it. Um, You know, and there's a little bit of, I guess, education we need to do because now that we have two lines, we have the original or what we call or kind of calling the 3G line, which was the 3 gigabits per second speed. You know, which SSD is right for me? And I guess the answer, to me at least, would be it all depends upon the machine you have as well as your particular needs. Now, if you uh, have a 2011 MacBook Pro, um, obviously, the new IMAX that uh, do have two 6G channels, but we're still investigating what the whole deal is with those. You know, if you have really high level needs, like, you know, if you're a high end, you know, video or audio producer using massive amounts of data in compressed files, uh, writing large files uh, to a Scratch Disk and Photoshop then the 6G speed really is going to be what you're going to be looking for. That's where it's really going to make the difference for you. But in day-to-day use, our original 3G line is absolutely perfect, and especially those of you that don't have a 6G-equipped machine. We've got a great uh, blog post on this at blog.maxsales.com, as well as a shootout video showing you that in a three g machine uh, was it a three g or was it a six g
0: It was on a six g machine that's
1: right see Chris does all our videos and, and I forget them the minute they're done um, but no, at least I remembered that it was important here. Uh, it shows that the six g does is faster but only incrementally in an average use scenario, which was we were booting uh, the o s and uh,
0: booting and uh, booting the o s and uh, adding uh or and launching four apps yeah. Uh yeah it it was only really a matter of a few seconds difference now if we were say oh I don't know running a huge gigantic photoshop action and on a giant well, I mean, photo or something like that
2: I mean you're going to you out there are going to know your own data needs better than we are right uh, so if if you need that and warrant that type of uh data speed data connection and throughput then we got that option as well for you too for most people, the our our normal SSD is still blazing fast, and it's a huge upgrade from even a 7200 RPM drive, even a 10,000 RPM drive. It's a huge upgrade for overall speed and, uh, you know, a uh, spinless motion. Uh, battery, uh, it's sa- the original one saves on battery real really well. You know, it uses a lot less battery than a spinning platter would do in a hard drive. So
0: yeah, and, and just to clarify, actually something that you said earlier, you know. Machine that doesn't have a six uh, G port or a six gigabit per second port SATA three, you're not going to see any difference with your uh, with a six Extreme six right, G in right. there. You're It's not we'll just running three G speed, yes. right, right? So you might as well you know save the money, get the original uh, Mercury Extreme, and it's still going to be a great boost. Uh, it's one of the best things I put in my MacBook Pro.
2: Yeah, it's kind of just like when there was just when there was only spinning drives. You know, there was no SSDs. You had your ten. You always had your ten thousand RPMs available, but they're they cost a little more, and it was if you needed that speed. And now these speed differences are, are big because you're talking about twice as fast for the most part from the 6G to the 3G, but if you need it. So you really needed to go out there and assess whether your data needs warrant that, whether it's a, little, a slightly higher cost of entry and, you know, if you have one of the latest machines to take advantage of it, or if you're going to buy a new machine you know you want to throw a 6G in and use it at 3G, uh, set a two-speed for uh, for a little while before you upgrade, but that, that's, that's all your decision out there. So you got the awesome flagship line plus the additional top-tier speed line of the 6G going on. Then uh, you can check those out at um, www.maxales.com slash SSD, and they'll link you over to the whole line across those two lines.
1: Oh, and you know what? Um, another thing to point out about SSDs, in the last week or two we uh, introduced the largest Uh, SSD for the 2010 MacBook Airs. We now have the only 480 gig shipping on the market and that's in the only line available for the MacBook Air. So um, We continue to innovate in SSDs and we hope that uh, you make us your choice when you're thinking about supercharging your Mac whatever Mac it may be.
3: You've been listening to OWC Radio, the official podcast of Otherworld Computing. Have a question about something discussed or looking for the links to the articles referenced in this episode? Please stop by the Otherworld Computing blog at blog.maxales.com for links or to leave a public comment. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.